Good morning, everyone. Coming to you with another cognitive bias episode uh, focused on cognitive biases and entrepreneurship. And we're talking about two new ones today. Um, one is confirmation bias and one is conservation bias. Um, and I think that this is really both wonderful to talk about because, again, like the last two, these two are interconnected um, and kind of play on both sides of the equation in terms of um, impairing your decision making and judgment as an entrepreneur, as well as something that you can kind of, uh, kind of use to your advantage in a certain sense with your customers. Um, so I'm going to start with conservation bias first because confirmation confirmation bias is a particularly juicy one that I want to leave towards the end. Um, so for those of you who don't know what sorry, conservatism bias is, um, it's basically just that this is the bias where you tend to uh, kind of hold on to old facts over new facts. So you can see this play out a lot in basically what I like to lovingly call the nutrition wars. Um, you know, the most famous one being eggs. At first, eggs were the, like a very healthy food. Then eggs were a very unhealthy food. And now eggs are back to being a healthy food. And through all of that, it's really hard for people to kind of let go of the sort of past version of the truth that they heard. Um, so a lot of times you'll see people disagreeing over something simply because they've heard new facts. Another way that you see this in healthcare is with um, the kind of connection that a lot of people have between vaccines and autism. Um, while that was a small study, it's been dismissed over a decade ago. It is so hard for people to let go of the old facts, even though they have are wrong and have been proven wrong so many times that vaccines don't cause autism, it's really hard for folks to let go of those old facts in favor of the new ones that have been proven. So what does this mean for you as an entrepreneur? Well, the last episode I talked about this concept of marrying your baby, and this certainly is related. Um, you know, Throughout your sort of customer validation and product development process, you may come across some facts that sort of uh, kind of explain or justify your approach going forward and in that sense you sort of may marry the baby and not really uh, either pay attention to or discount facts that you acquire going forward that um, really undermine that initial assumption that at first seemed right. So that's one area where you might see conservatism bias uh, or con uh, conservation bias kind of come up. Um, Another way that you might see this come up in your customers might be you release your first product or your first service, your customers love it, and then it, you might find that it's hard for you to kind of um, release something that's new and different because your customers basically just want to see more from you, kind of more of the same from you. Um, so that's something that you may come up across like as you are continuing to grow and evolve your business um, that some of your customers are, are not going to want you to change. You know, we all have, you know, our uh, favorite television shows, for example, um, and this idea that when we see our like an actor on our favorite television show and then they go on to do something that's a complete departure from that, you know, a certain part of it says, oh my gosh, like, don't do that. Like, what are you doing? Like, I thought you were 
this character when really it's just your brain's way of kind of holding on to old facts um, to kind of protect you from potentially what seems like new and threatening information. Um, so what are ways you can kind of disrupt um, this um, like uh, conservation bias? Um, one, as an entrepreneur, what you can do is again, kind of remind yourself that nothing is set in stone. If you kind of put yourself in the mindset that you should always be questioning, always be learning, um, in a certain sense, you're gonna disrupt a lot of biases generally, but especially this one, because if you're always learning, that means that a fact that is true today, uh, oddly enough, may not be true tomorrow because circumstances may change. Um, your sort of approach may change, your market may change. Um, it's just this idea that if you sort of accept change as inevitable, um, it becomes uh, a lot easier to keep yourself from becoming even more conservative and wanting to hang on to things that you have sort of known before and you are absolutely sure that are true. Um, in terms of your customers, another great thing um, to sort of disrupt this and make sure that your customers aren't sort of wedded to you offering this constant product and business and service is um, one, again, is the sort of acceptance of change. There may be some customers that may leave you if you shift slightly or add on something additional. That's just literally the cost of doing business. Um, so it may not be that you necessarily need to disrupt it, but it's just me about acceptance that you may lose some folks. Um, you see this in tech all the time. You know, the most recent one was um, Snapchat, basically, when they released a redesign. Uh, a lot of people couldn't stand it, and I'm sure that they lost users because of that, but in general, the idea was that they did the redesign because they were going to acquire more that made up for the loss of those customers. So I also want you to keep that in mind as an entrepreneur that, yes, while you may lose customers for new things that you are introducing or new things that you are trying out, in general, your purpose, of course, should be to um, increase the number of customers, increase the value of your customers by the changes that you are um, implementing. Um, and then, you know, outside of sort of accepting that change, the second thing that you can do is sort of um, don't surprise your customers when you introduce new things. Really try to kind of prime them, educate them, bring them along on your sort of evolution and process so that it isn't this situation where, you know, one day they were coming to you because you had the best advice on, you know, stiletto heels, and then the next day you're solely focused on jackets. And then they say, what happened? Like, you were my one source for this. And it's just sort of, if you kind of bring them along in that process of how you mentally walked through that and saw the need to implement that change, as you sort of came to grips with, but I thought I was the shoes person and now I'm the jackets person, like, all of those things really help to um, keep your transition be less jarring and therefore more acceptable so that people kind of gradually release those old sort of perceptions and feelings they had about you and what they thought to be true and gradually accept the new ones um, with that transition. So that's uh, conservation bias in a nutshell. The confirmation bias that I want to speak about Kind of hard to not get those mixed up. Uh, but confirmation bias, um, we are seeing this in, the, this is basically the news all the time, that it's confirmation bias is a tendency that we tend to both seek out and uh, basically selectively hear information that confirms what we already know to be true. So if you can kind of think of these and sort of compare and contrast, um, like or sort of like think about them in terms of arrows. 
conservation bias is about, um, you know, new information has gone into your brain and basically nothing else can penetrate, sort of the impenetrable wall. Confirmation bias is, is kind of like, it's like a filter, like only certain things are getting through and the only things that are getting through into your brain are things that you basically have already pre-selected and everything else is not getting through. And so when you kind of think about confirmation bias, again, like the big thing with um, as you develop your products and service, um, you see this a lot in um, tech startups basically that get their first big corporate partner. What ends up happening um, in, in a sense, or at least in practice, isn't truly confirmation bias, but what ends up happening is that um, they're really excited. You know, they get this money from this big strategic corporate partner and they start continuing to build the products, you know, to really satisfy the needs of this partnership. And what ends up happening is that rather than building the product, that is being kind of um, confirmed by the broader market. It's a product that is basically built to spec for the strategic partner. Um, and then the startup ends up being stuck because basically they only have um, confirmed what they know to be true and the only things that they're hearing to be true are from the strategic partner. Um, so what this looks like when you're an entrepreneur basically is that you, um, you put yourself in an echo chamber basically when it comes to product development and outlining your services. You only listen to customers that love you and you don't listen to any customers who have things to complain about you. Uh, so I just did a webinar with the Oakland African American Chamber of Commerce where I talked about both the importance of and how to implement um, feedback uh, in your business as you launch it because it's incredibly important to do that at the outset and to really just habituate yourself to uh, both um, collecting customer feedback, actually responding to customer feedback um, in terms of responding to the customer, but even more importantly, responding to that in your business. Um, I cannot emphasize enough that there is so much rich information from people who don't like you and or uh, to the extent that it's not really about not liking you, it's really about finding problems and finding gaps in the product or service that you are offering. Um, that is a way for you to get better and basically acquire more customers. So don't be subject to confirmation bias as an entrepreneur. Really make sure that you equate product development um, just as, or rather equate uh, feedback just as high with, uh, as product development um, so that you don't find yourself in the space of confirmation bias all the time and basically building things that um, are only about like sort of happy comments and sort of ignoring everything else. Like it's all part of the same puzzle, it's all part of the same market and you need to kind of um, incorporate basically what the market is telling you and that means all of the market in your, in your development process. Um, yeah, so in summary, those are the two that I wanted to focus on, sort of conservation bias, sort of uh, not allowing new facts to come along, confirmation bias, only looking for facts that confirm what you know to be true, and only accepting facts that you know to be true, and really bringing those to your attention as you are launching and scaling your business. Um, key ways that you can address both of these biases. One, make sure that feedback um, is front and center um, in terms of uh, both your ongoing process to develop your business as well as like the metrics that you're tracking to make sure um, that you're doing well. Uh, and then secondly is putting yourself in this mindset of uh, always learning, 
always questioning um, and really uh, being sure that you are, are constantly kind of accepting and understanding that you are accepting change um, within your business. Uh, so that's it for today. Um, I'll be back probably next week with another Two Biases, but hope that you enjoy this. And again, uh, always welcoming Q&A on here about um, either sort of cognitive biases that you realize you've had or other that you, others that you would like me to discuss and kind of other ways that sort of psychology affects your ability to launch and scale your business. Uh, hope you have a great week. Bye.